after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. from the co or columbus as some people say and then also let's look at the weather it's supposed to be chilly very chilly as you know we always got to do the weather here on 88.3 wxut go on the iphone sometimes some some of the most accurate weather provided by the weather channel right now currently as we are speaking it is partly cloudy with the high of 19 uh tomorrow on sunday it's supposed to be 19 then a high of 36 on Monday, but snow. No, nah, a little bit of snow. Then 15 on actually, how much snow are we getting on Monday? Uh, it didn't say. say 15 on Tuesday, and then it's gonna be uh, probably not even gonna get above zero. Negative one as a high on Wednesday. Oy. Can you believe that? That is crazy. Negative 11 on as a low, then only one degree on Thursday, and then we get a high of eight. On Friday, so after really after Monday through the whole week, it's going to be brutal coldness. So if you have a remote starter, you're going to be using it a lot. Yeah, and then early in the next week, it'll warm, warm up. back up again. Yeah, but it's by that be time, kind of we'll sloppy. have. We mean sloppy. It's not They're normal. calling for. I'm looking at Channel 11's weather app. Oh, okay, the, and they the say, one one. Yeah, and they're saying for Super Bowl Sunday, rain. And 34, and then... Oh, it says here 29 and snow on the iPhone weather. And then the following Monday, snow 30, to rain, high of 34 degrees. Yeah, it's close, up to 33. Um, what is it saying for uh, on Monday for snow? Uh, isn't saying any. It All it say says it. is chance of, the rain, chance of rain and snow, gusty southwest breeze will push highs to the middle 30s. In the evening, Arctic air will move in and dominate the week. And Tuesday says chance of... No showers, so I guess maybe all the heavy snow is staying off to the north. Right. Someone said it was supposed to be a whole bunch of snow um, yeah, on Monday and the Tuesday. Uh, some panic was going on, but you know what? I hate the cold. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think people tend to panic. They're like, oh, my God, we're going to get so much snow. We're all going to die. And then it ends up being the classic nothing burger. Oh, wow. Can you do that again? Because that, is that how people actually overreact? Is that right, Dave? Is that how you act when uh, there's snow? Like, oh, my God, I got to go to the grocery store and get my bread and milk. Or I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm absolutely not. I mean, if it's snowing around, you just you just go outside. Maybe put maybe put a hat on. Maybe put a heavier jacket on. Go about your business. Did you share the video, David? Or are you in town? Or are you in Canada? Are you in Istanbul, Afghanistan, or anywhere else? Or are you in the co? No, I'm in the co this week. Oh, okay, because you know he's been traveling. I think you've been you've been looking for pastor jobs, haven't you? Yeah, anything you know. Sally Mae's calling, so. 
Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Sally Mae, the one girlfriend you don't want to uh, have uh, come into your door or actually mailing you stuff or giving you constant emails that they need the payment for the loans. I'm not with Sally Mae, though. I'm with Great Lakes and uh, had to do a income-driven uh, payment plan, so to speak. And uh, it's working out quite well, but, you know, sometimes, you know, it puts a little hole in your pocket. Also, I got to get rid of the cable. I mean, the cable is getting outrageous out here. I mean, they're raising the prices all the time. It's almost getting to the point where you're paying rent for cable. Well, that's why that's why you uh, cut you cut the cord and go with a streaming service. And yeah. Plus, you can, you can actually they stop it and renew it anytime you want. I've done that with YouTube TV. Really? Yeah. Mm. I mean, granted, you, I mean, people. It might be like thirty five, forty bucks a month, but you don't I mean look. Let's say it gets to the time where you're not going to need it, you can cancel it and don't have it for a month or two, and then when you want it. Get it back. Yeah, I got the total package with. I actually, I'm actually going to call the cable company because I said this is ridiculous. I'm not paying over two hundred dollars for some cable, and I'm naming the company, but the internet is pretty uh, wong wong, so to speak. It's kind of slow. So I, I, I've been really upset with the with the cable company that I've been with. So, uh, um, but. I digress. Enough of my problems. And uh, like I said, good luck, David, with the search. Hopefully you stay around in these parts. But I know you, you no know, matter where you are, you'll probably call us, whether it's in uh, cold Russia or in the co. Yeah, I mean, wherever I go, I'm always. Those people who are saying, oh, the refs were the reason that the Saints lost. Look, I know my family in Louisiana is still bitter about it, and I don't blame them. I had several of them trying to contact me saying that the NFL needs to hire me as an official. I will not go that far. Well, but I, I told them, I said, look, look, while that call was BS, and it was terrible, and the and apparent and I guess the people the officiating crew should be reprimanded at a minimum for that. That is not the reason why the Saints lost. For one, inside two minutes, Sean Payton decides on first down. Pass the ball. Throw the ball. Well, no, 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 no. Sean Payton decided to run the ball. Drew Brees audible the play because of the certain coverage that the Rams were showing. So actually, it was initially a run play, and then Drew Brees, who obviously is a veteran quarterback, audibled out of it, which went. But then Aikman also said on the broadcast that was a high percentage pass. That's what they were trying to do. It was a nice little, I think it was a nice little dump screen, not a screen pass, but a nice dump, almost like a West Coast uh, short slant pass. That he was trying to throw that got incomplete. But you're right, the Saints should have been probably running the ball. They ran it first and second down, but on first down, they wanted to run the ball, and Breeze audibled out of it. Yeah, and that was clearly a mistake because incomplete pass, stop the clock. I mean, you had a – you pretty much, I mean, I think in that situation, you still have to run the ball uh, and keep the clock moving or at least force the Rams to use a timeout. How that Because – you try and get it down where there's as little time as left as possible for them to, when they get the ball back, to drive down. And they pretty much have to hurry up and do a lot of things. And so you have that to blame. And then, plus, look at the guys on defense. They leave Ro- I mean, Robert Woods caught, caught a pass, and he damn near took it to the hizzy, and that would have won the game for the Rams. The hizzy. Yeah. So you've got you've got that to look at as well. well. And then of course in overtime, Breeze 
I mean, I've never seen Drew Brees throw a duck like that, and then it ends up getting intercepted. So, oh, you have, there. there's a lot to go around as well. And it was, I mean, look, look, bottom line, was the, was that non-call egregious? Yeah, it was. I'll say that. I mean, someone who, who is an official in the game of football, it does give everybody who wears the stripes, doesn't matter what level, a black eye. And that, but also that is not the sole reason why the Saints lost. And there's a lot of people who just have to say, you know what? Yeah, it sucked, but there's a lot of other things that they could have done as a team. They didn't do. Take the medicine. Plain and simple. David, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. Starting even at the beginning of the game, the Saints had two drives where early in the game where they had, you know, they settled with field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. And so even from the onset of the game, if you score those two touchdowns instead of, you know, 6-0, it's 14-0. Or, you know, you have 14 points on the board, which gives your offense a little bit of cushion and forces the Rams to play, catch up, throw the ball more, get away from, their ground and pound that they exhibited last week with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. I think obviously people are going to bring up the no-call, Machu senses. Like, those are the kind of things that make people kind of think back. Maybe the refs have a little thumb-thumb, you know, underneath the table. Like, that's just my two cents. You can run with it as you will, but those are the kind of calls that, yeah. But even aside of that, you have like Frank mentioned, the overtime when New Orleans has the ball first. The Drew Brees doesn't throw an interception. If he just goes down, goes down the field, scores a touchdown, boom, game's over. We're not talking. Like, the no call isn't as big of a thing because New Orleans advanced, but Drew Brees makes a mistake. And that entire game, you really didn't even play well, for just going to be honest. I think the Rams, while Todd Gurley didn't play well and he's banged up, we're not sure how he's going to look in this football. Like the Rams really didn't play that well either, but they did what they needed to do to get over the hump. And so, I think the story, well, the, the news is going to be on Rodriguez. You got to reverse that call. We got to play the game again. You know, you got to reprimand the referees. You find the cornerback on the Rams for the. I think you got fined for the helmet to helmet. But all just all that stuff like takes away from the fact that the Saints really had an opportunity to win that game and they just didn't. And that's something that you really wouldn't have expected, not just out of a veteran quarterback and coach, but a team that throughout the entire season were saying, you know, if the Saints get a home game, they're not gonna lose at home, they're not gonna lose at home. Well and you can't you can't keep a team in the game and then be surprised if they take the game from you. And, you know, 57-yard field goal to steal it, hey, that's the name of the game. So, did you know, I got a, a trivia question for you. What college did uh, Sean McVay go to? What is Miami of Ohio? All right. And who did he play against in the 06-07 season? Two years he played against this player. 
Who is Julian Edelman? Who was the quarterback um, of Kent State? Golden Flashes. Yep. Sean McVay. Wow. To the Super Bowl. And everyone's trying to copy it all, copy off of him. Isn't it kind of amazing that in two seasons he gets the L.A. Rams, the Super Bowl, and Jeff Fisher coached them, and they were a total disaster? Yep. That is that a, is that really a good sign of coaching or what? Yes, it is. Why? Explain well, or go ahead, David. Go. Well, I mean, I think it's both a sign of Tropic Bay being a revolutionary, but then also to the detriment of Jeff Fisher, who basically since his time in Tennessee, when we were saying. The same thing when he has been young. It's like, okay, what are you going to do with this kind of revolutionary style? And he was kind of in his rut, kind of old veteran head coach, stuck in his ways, and then he was the he's the perpetual eight and eight hamster wheel. And so he goes, Jared Goff gets kind of this revival in a sense. I mean, Jared Goff is, is who he is. He hasn't become this all world quarterback just out of nowhere. Like, he has that potential coming out from Cal, and it's like, okay, get him a head coach that can actually utilize him and help him, you know, do something, instead of a Jeff Fisher who's just like, yeah, I've, I've, I've worked in this league for forever. I know what to do. And, well, obviously you don't. Frank, go ahead. Well, I think, well, I think Sean McVay is definitely – become part of the he's part of the reason behind the offensive renaissance in the NFL. Hell where you seeing, give him you you would give him that much credit. Well I think he's kind of been a little bit more innovative mm-hmm. and tried to get guys guys to play get them around their get ah, excuse me. Kind of get the maximize the talents of his guys. As obviously you're seeing what Jared Goff can do having couple of solid running backs with Anderson and Gurley playing utilizing probably I don't know how many different receivers they have even the and you also had to give them credit for them still playing well when they lose Cooper Cup their best receiver guys like Robert Woods I mean Josh Reynolds Tyler Higby and he and some, a few other guys I mean really the the Rams don't really, I mean, without without Cooper Cup, the Rams don't have, like, a true star wide receiver. I mean, let, let's be honest with this here. I mean, you see, you. I mean, I mentioned it with teams like the Saints. I mentioned it with the Patriots as well. You have guys out there, you're like, who you wonder, like, where do they find these guys? They've just pulling them off the street. Hayden, I think that's kind of become... This is that's part of that offensive renaissance. You're getting guys who you like, like who the hell is this guy? And next thing you know, oh, he's catching touchdown passes from Jared Goff or Tom Brady or or Drew Brees or even Patrick Mahomes. You're start you're starting to see that at in today's NFL. I mean, it's also because of the fact that you at least in the last five to ten years, it's been more protect the quarterback, pass at the offense. That too. That too. So, and- I mean, it's the revolution of the game to where now, instead of having a 1,500, 2,000-yard rush in your backfield, now if your quarterback doesn't throw for at least 3,500, 4,000 yards, you know, 3,500, 4,000 yards, then it's like, dude, we need to get you out of here so we can have a gunslinger who can throw the ball. 30, 40, 45 times a game, and that becomes a norm. So it's, it's also part, kind of just a league-wide 
kind of getting away from, okay, you can have your running back, but if your running back can't catch the ball in the backfield, we're probably just going to leave them on the waiver line. Exactly. And I think that that is the direction the NFL is going. It's become um, a pass-happy league. league. There's no more lining up and trying to play man ball anymore. Hmm. All right, next game, Chiefs, Patriots. What'd you guys think? Well, he's uh, in like man ball. Which I told, didn't I say that they the Chiefs are going to miss Kareem Hunt? Oh yeah, I think I think they did. But again, they still got their gunslinger in Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, but, but what what happened? The Chiefs could have gave the ball to Kareem Hunt, ran the clock out, and Mahomes would probably be in the uh, Super Bowl and be the two young guns. But it's not. And I gotta ask you guys this question: Did Andy Reid blow it again in a big game? I'm gonna, I'm gonna abstain from that argument. I'm gonna let David preach on that. But what I didn't, what I didn't like, and this is because I was the sucker who took the under in this game, was another missed no call mm-hmm. that happened. I believe it was on the long pass to Sammy Watkins that set up the Chiefs getting a go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter. There was a missed offensive pass interference call. Because one of the receivers ran into a defensive back better than four yards off the line of scrimmage, and by rule, that is OPI. There should have been a flag on it. There was not. And I'm probably more bitter about this because it cost me money, but still, and... Also, they're complaining about how Julian Edelman, who supposedly muffed a punt, but it didn't. But it looked like he did. He touch the ball? Did he not touch the ball? How oh, did his thumb just graze the ball? Because they ru- they ruled that he it was a muff at first, but then upon the review, they said it was not because it looked like because I mean when I watched that replay I was like okay I don't know if he touched the ball it wasn't clear that he did but in order to overturn a call you need indisputable video evidence and look it was it wasn't clear that he touched the ball but at the same time it also wasn't clear that he did not touch the ball so what are you supposed? So they probably should have left it as is, even though the Chiefs did intercept it and end up getting the ball back. I guess you can say that's one of those ball don't lie moments. Mm-hmm. And there was that. And then I guess the whole reviewing of catch no catch by Chris Hogan. I guess what happened in the fir- the first one, I understand why they called it a catch because he he did have control of the ball. As he was going to the ground, and the ball got, and the ball hit the ground, but he already was down technically, so therefore, as a catch, I thought that that was the correct. They got that right, right. But of course, what people are really complaining about is the fact that this game was decided by the flip of a coin in overtime. The Patriots win the toss; they take the ball. Oh, Thomas Edward Brady. Leads them down the field. They score. Game over. Patrick Mahomes does not get a chance with the ball. And, you know, there's people who say that, oh, the NFL needs to go to college overtime. 
give each team the ball at the 35-yard line. Some people don't like that. Cutting <sighs> half the field. Some now saying that it should just be given an extra quarter, 10 minutes. Because now people are – now, see, this is the thing I don't like. They're talking about how the overtime is about injuries and everyone being tired. And that's why they don't want to go to overtime and stuff like that. I like the college overtime, to be honest. I do, it, too. But then people start saying it becomes a field goal contest. And, you know, it's not a regular game. I if you if you're talking about injuries and guys being tired, then wouldn't the wouldn't the college overtime really fit the mold that you're doing? You don't have to go up and down the field. Yeah, and but then people say, "Oh, but it'll go on forever." Look, no, I won't. understand there are a, look there have been some rare exceptions no, in the college in the overtime. See LSU Texas A and M from this past season that went. Seven OTs, and then you had a Madden score for a final. Who cares? I mean, I mean, th- right, those, a, I mean what I'm getting at is those games are few and far between. And in the NFL, remember, these are the pros of the pros. It's very hard to score from the 25, especially when you start getting the less and exactly. less room. Exactly. And, yeah. Wait, and, it do- and, and, look, I know I've been preaching about the whole offensive renaissance, but you know what? That doesn't mean that you're going to score every single time you get inside the 25. David, am I right? Yeah, you know, I would agree 100%. I think the biggest thing is with the overtime, how does it set up in the NFL? People are saying, well, you know, if you win the coin flip, you know, there's a chance that if they basically tell defenses, well, get a stop. I mean, if you look at that second half, and particularly that fourth quarter when they're, you know, 38 points scored, like, like, those defenses are tired by the fourth quarter in any football game. So now you're basically saying, okay, go out there again. Like, it's hard to stop a team with momentum offensively, one. And two, I also agree, you know, people say, oh, like another thing that I've heard throughout the week is, well, it's only because Patrick Mahomes didn't get a chance to go out there. Like, if it, was, if it wasn't, if it was Andrew Locke out there, we would say the same thing. If it was Tom Brady on the other side, and Patrick, you know, the won the points off, and they went for the touchdown, he would say the same thing. Oh, the greatness of Tom Brady didn't get a chance to, you know, respond to it. I think in the college game, I think it's set up the way that both offenses get a chance in the overtime session to score a touchdown. If the defense stops them, great. If they don't, great. You know, that's the name of the game. But just kind of this coin flip where we've seen – on more often than not, you know, and granted, this past Sunday is the exception because the Saints won the coin toss, two resources interception, and the Rams win. But at the same time, we don't know. Like, I, I think that while we're quick, everyone's quick to change the rules and kind of protect and say defense, 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 you know, player safety, I think at the end of the day, if it's a chance to go to the Super Bowl, we want to see both offenses. We want to see both defenses. We want to see everyone have a shot to get in. And watching a team like the Rose Patriots enough, we see this team walk down the field, beating up an already tired team's defense from, you know, tiring them off the first drive of the game all the way to the last. Like, of course, they're not going to make stuff that you would expect. Of course, on third down and 10 and longer, they're going to complete it three times. Like, that's what happens when a defense is tired. Like, that's, that's what happens when grown men play football for three hours. 
Like it's hard to get a stop. So give them a better chance. Give both offenses harder opportunities. Because the, the college game is fine. Like we all like the college ways of doing, it. whether it's one overtime or seven. It's just like, I think there's a better way that the NFL can maximize the potential for their product instead of the way it is now where, oh, once you score the touchdown, well, it's over. Sorry about that. I guess you should have just won the coin toss. Yeah, it gets down to a, it does kind of get down to a coin toss. But I, I like I said, I like the college way to do it. If you're talking about safety and, and guys fatigue and everything, yeah, cut the field to 25. I mean, it's not a guarantee they're going to score, but a lot of the NFL pros think it should just be a 10 minute quarter, and then if it's still tied, still keep, for the playoffs, still keep going for uh, in regular season. After the 10 minute quarter is over, then you would go to. Uh, a tie. Now, some people compare that to well, the college overtime is like if they say the NBA did it, where they went to overtime and it went to a free throw contest. Oh, BS! It's more that, <laughs> that saying that is more like the NBA going to a free throw contest is like what the NHL does after their overtime to go to a shootout. And I, I don't shoot the messenger, but that's what that's what a lot of the pros. I don't understand why they don't want. I think it's because the pros just want to be different in the college game. I think that's where the excuses start to come in with that. That's just my thought. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I can I can understand why professionals see themselves as the buzz game, but I mean, at the same time, at the end of the day, are you still going out on the field, you know, showing that, hey, we can stop them from 25 yards out? Does it really matter if you're stopping them from 75 or 25? Yes, because those, in those 50 yards, a lot can happen. It could be one play to get you down to 25, or it could be, you know, a 10 play, and it takes you six minutes to get down to that 25. It's all about strategy when you get into the overtime session. And a strategy that allows you to win a coin toss and then just march out 75 yards without any chance of the opponent responding, that's not football. Like, in what realm of football, like, what age range is that acceptable for the game itself? Like, in the overtime, like, the NFL goes away from football and make basically, you know, a make-it-take-it, sudden-death overtime rule. Or, you know, the golden goal in soccer. Like, you know, that's not the sport. It should be a chance for both to respond. And if you can, then, you know, your offense. Your offense has a chance to come on the field and respond. And then we go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's that's good thoughts there. Any final thoughts on the NFL Sunday fallout? Are you guys gonna be watching the Pro Bowl? Uh I don't know yet. Why not? <laughs> Either you are or you're not. I know that's one of the most one of the all this another all star game that's during the NHL All Star game weekend. But a lot of people that's probably one of the least watched ones though. I might tune. I might tune in for some of it, but it, I got to see if uh, we're gonna have basketball practice on Sunday first. Mm-hmm. So if not, I may. I may watch some of it. You, David. I mean, I will, but that's because I'm a football guy. One and two. I mean, it's our annual. Why does the Pro Bowl even matter? Because more people pay attention and care about the skills challenge than the actual game itself. Because the game is a. We know the game. They know it's the game. Like we said a couple of years ago, just like have them play in shorts and like in sand or something. 
like switch it up a little bit. I don't know. Or just not play the game at all. That's I don't right. think they should play. And then another thing I don't like about it is if you're a Pro Bowl replacement, which happens where it's like two or three guys down the line, you're considered a pro bowler. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah, you I think that's after, ridiculous. After one guy was hurt, he didn't want to go. Then the next guy maybe got to the Super Bowl, he didn't want to go. Then the next guy, he just, his wife said he couldn't go. So now you got the fourth guy replacing the, the other three guys. <laughs> yeah, and that I guy is considered how, uh, a pro Mitchell bowler. Mitchell Trubisky got into the pro yeah, bowl. he is not a pro bowler. And I, I just, that just would just kind of grind in my gears. I had to get that off my chest. I was like, Mitchell Trubisky, a pro bowler? What? But after you replace I, three or four guys, it's like, not you're considered a pro bowler? That shouldn't, you shouldn't be. I think they should just come out with a pro bowl list and call it a day. Exactly. That's almost like saying high school football. We got an all state team, all star game. No, they call you say you're all state, and that's the end of it. Exactly. I mean, but some of those players have those incentives. So I mean, that's, you may that, not want to be a true, pro bowler, but, but you're getting you know, that, that money. Bank, that bank account's like, hey, we need you to be a pro bowler. It doesn't matter if you, you know, go voted in by the fans for you. The twenty eighth, eighth replacement, you get that check. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, well, we'll finish it up here as you're listening to 88.3 WTs. After further review, what's our next topic? I forget. I believe it was uh, David spewing some hate. Hate on Tony Romo. I want to hear this one. Uh, We'll we'll do the NFL Championship Sunday fallout. Then I thought Tony Romo did an actually pretty good job on his commentary, but hold the brakes. David the Man of God Harris thinks differently. Then also we'll finish up with David the Man of God Harris hating on James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it really hate or is it more of kind of we can't ask one guy for doing it so, and we can't praise one guy for doing the exact same thing. But is it hate or is it an alter- alternative idea? I would say it's an alternative idea. Okay, that's the more politically correct saying. Anyway, we've done this segment for about 30 minutes. Make sure you always check us out on our podcast on 88.3 WSUTs after further review on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Also, we got the the, the, the uh, live feed up. For some odd reason, the live feed stays up for us on the show page, but on my personal page, it'll go in and out. Mm, weird. That is weird. I, I think somebody's hating on my personal page. Anyway, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we return, we talk a little bit about Tony Romo's uh, color analysis, kind of dissected here on After Further Review.